Hi everyone, my name is Basile Chajayo. I am a career coach and founder of Black Women in the Workplace. Black Women in the Workplace is a company aimed at increasing the representation of Black women in leadership positions. We help Black women position themselves for leadership positions. Um, we help them navigate race and gender bias in the workplace. And we also help them be effective in leadership positions. We do this through um, an online coaching program called the Reimagined Black Woman in the Workplace and private coaching with me. And we've also introduced now a five day leave your soul crushing job challenge that just finished on Saturday. And we are planning to have another one in February and we will announce the dates as soon as those have been decided upon. So in today's video, I want to talk about bias. Um, bias uh, in the workplace. I just wanted to say that please share, like, and subscribe um, to, our panel, to our channel if you like this content. So what is bias? Uh, bias is the mental shortcut. So actually this is unconscious bias. So bias is really the judgments that we make about a thing or people before we know anything about them. And unconscious bias is the mental shortcuts that we create in our minds um, without being intentionally uh, hateful or bias or trying to harm so bias is different to racism to intentional racism where you hate or dislike a certain culture and you intentionally ensure that they uh, do not have access to certain opportunities however unconscious bias is the idea that it's not intentional and therefore you don't do it because you want to, it's because you are ignorant of the effect of what you do. And it's very interesting as I'm talking about intentional, I'm just remind, reminded of what I read in um, corporate, what does, what, uh, corporate tribalism, the book, where they talked about how white people or white, yeah, white people in power would um, feel offended when black people would feel offended by their acts because they felt that if they stated that their intention intentions was pure or that was not an intentional act that that was supposed to just make everything okay that i didn't intend to keep you out i didn't intend to um comment like that um that hurt you um whereas information around white supremacy black people and how these interact and how microaggression impacts on black people is everywhere and so if you're a white person and you still claim um ignorance and lack of intent when you harm black people the fact that you are not finding information about interacting with people in south africa that are going to be 80 percent of the population or 85 or 95 
90% of the population. It's just the intention is to not care because you could be finding information. You could be open to learning. You could be more, um, um, you could be more open to acknowledging that you could be wrong because um, of how you were conditioned and the fact that you did not have access to black people for a long time at the same level of equality. So unconscious bias uh, is actually, as we said, mental shortcuts, there's no intention. However, um, it was found, there is a, this test called the implicit association test. I actually took it. And as much as I talk about these issues, I kind I, 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 I got like a 50% around associating careers with, with men. And apparently the, uh, the average is about 60, 76%. So both black and, and women associate career with men and 75% prefer white people to black people. And we know that it's because of how we're conditioned, how it was made to look like black people are savages or black people are less intelligent. I mean, science and education and history has been rewritten to push that narrative. And even though these things are being challenged and have been cha are being changed, um, a little by little, however, the conditioning is so great and even the representation in, in the media is still so strong that we still have those biases against black people uh, um, as, as safe, as leaders, as, as people we can trust and against women as in careers, as people who can be looked at as leaders who could be in careers. So when you think about it, black women are at the intersection of these and it's even worse if they, um, they are not uh, heterosexual, then, then they face additional bias in terms of their sexuality. And if they're not able, they'll also um, face um, ableism bias. And then there's also fat phobia. So the assumption that people who are big, uh, do not look like the representation of beauty and effectiveness, which is really the white female body, small body um, that black people do not naturally have. Um, they might be assumed to be lazy and therefore might not be assumed to be uh, ready for leadership. And then there's performance bias, the fact that um, women's performance is underestimated, so you'd have to do something amazing to be uh, to be to have your permit performance acknowledged, and a man can just do um, the minimum, or and, and and that can be seen as big and worthy of um, um, reward. So you can imagine if you're a black person on top of that. So you're not just a woman, you're a woman and you're also black. So your labor can be just assumed, your hard work can be just assumed to be um, not a big deal. Whereas this, if the same thing is done by a man, it's considered even bigger. And so this shows itself in performance evaluations where 
then men will be evaluated more for things that women will be evaluated less for. And that impacts how much they get paid and that also impacts how much um, they, then that impacts how much promotion opportunities they have. I mean, we also talk, we always talk about the whole aspect of, or the whole thing of you have an idea and you say out an idea in a meeting and then a man says the same thing and it's ignored and then a man says the same thing and now it's an amazing idea. I mean, how you position yourself as an authority, as credible in meetings impact on whether you find, um, you're looked at someone who's ready for leadership or you're respected as an authority figure. So that does affect women. Then there's the maternal bias as well, the maternal bias against women, that if you're a young woman, then there's the fear that you're going to get pregnant and leave your job and not be able to do your job. Or the fact that you have small children means that you won't be, <clears throat> you have a lot of excuses to not be at work. Whereas men who have small children who have families, that is not seen as an issue. And also, I must say that you find that, you often find that white women are more supported than black women. Black women have to fight with the stigma of the idea or the bias that they are lazy, that they are trying to avoid working. So they would often abandon their own children so that they can be at work because um, that um, they're not allowed the same trust. If I say I have to leave because my child uh, has an issue at school and I have to leave tomorrow because they are, they are sick, um, I might not get the same um, support that, that white people that white people have and that even white women have. So not to say that white women don't have this issue, but black women would have it more because of the lack of trust and the assumption that black people are lazy and they don't want to to work and then this issue yeah this issue of oh you're so you are young you're gonna want maternity leave um and this and the stigma attached to a woman getting pregnant and also coming back finding their work their job being taken away and um you know demoted after being after com coming back from maternity leave that also impact on on uh, their ability to get ahead and then there's also like ability bias so the issue of women are expected to be nice and warm and when they are nice that is as they are assumed to not be competent and so when they are not nice they are also um punished for that. So for an example, if you had two people with the same qualification, um, if you have two people, one is a man, one is a woman with the same qualification and the woman is not likable, most often the, the men will be chosen. And black people in particular find that uh, they they would if they if they were tougher, they'd be called the blacks the the the, the the angry black woman, we know that that happened to Michelle Obama, where she was called, um, you know, Barack Obama's baby mama and, and how she spoke, how she looked like was judged as being harsh. So black women would, would face this on even a higher level when they speak up 
they'll be um branded the tra the troublemaker and that even the double bind of likability bias would even be more and also i think i don't even yes there's also this assumption of you have to be the nice black woman who is not uh scary who won't speak against our policies who won't speak against micro um aggression that is happening in the workplace otherwise then you stop being likable and then you don't get these positions and if you're nice i think and if you're agreeable then you you know you're not strong enough you're not ready for for leadership so black women have said that they feel um even some of my clients have said that it feels unsafe to be themselves to be their true selves and then attribution bias is similar to performance bias i actually struggle to find um the difference but attribution bias is when um assumption of men is more competent than women um and therefore their performance rated higher than women and and also on the other side um more blame would be would be at, attributed to women when they make mistakes so it will be such a big deal as with a man it might just be a small issue the whole thing around um being being it, it being easy to take a risk on a man but a woman has to show like 10 times the experience and 10 times the qualification and black women know that very well that they are often the most qualified the most um, all these policies that are spoken about in the workplace really just apply to them in terms of criteria for leadership or when you're up for leadership, the criteria suddenly becomes um, higher because now you're up um, for leadership. So that is one of the challenges that also affects the ability for black women to get into these leadership positions, irrespective of how uh, effective and how um, how good they are. And then there's also affinity bias. So affinity bias is the fact that people love working with people like them. Um, people would rather so so if people who are in power are the ones who are choosing who's going to be there, they'll usually choose people who are like them. And in the book, Black Women in Leadership, um, the lady, sorry, I keep forgetting her name, but she did a study around um, Black women, Black black British women and Black South African women leaders um, trying to understand the challenges that they're facing. And there were some recruiters in South Africa who were saying that they would even avoid putting a Black a woman in front of their clients who still has their natural hair um who still speaks very strong and with a strong vernacular accent and some white people actually do not want south african women uh, or south african black women because they'd say oh they'll remind us of our history so they would rather want someone who's traveled or who's who studied abroad who's lived abroad all their lives um because at least they're the exotic other they're not um actual south african so um this gatekeeping of positions for people who are like them or 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 black 
people who present like white people and also i need to speak about um even black women who get themselves into those leadership positions often gatekeep against other black people because of the feeling that there is scarcity or if i allow another black person to come in whatever they do will reflect on me um or just this generational jealousy that I worked so hard to get here. I only got here in my 40s and you can't just be in your 20s and just be getting these positions. So this um, scarcity and um, competition around one another can also um, gatekeep and keep other black women from getting to those positions. The fact that people who are in power don't look like us and there is affinity bias where people just would rather employ people that are like them. I was actually reading one dissertation of a student who was saying they don't want their culture to be starting a business and they're saying they don't want their culture to be diluted by BE. So um, I don't know what plan they said they're going to have um, around the BE transformation requirements because they are avoiding to have someone in their team who will impact and of on their culture. I mean, these are the real biases against black women. And so even when they are really good at what they do, these are gatekeeping things that keep them out of these positions. Thank you for listening. Please like, share, and subscribe if you like um, what you hear. Um, yeah, see you on the other side. Thank you.